Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome back to the Philly Special Podcast. It's right after the trade deadline. It's a really exciting period. I mean, we come off a 106-99 loss to the Boston Celtics, who have been a thorn in our side for quite some time, but we're right after the trade deadline. And, you know, this week, Chris Ryan is out for this episode, but we got a special guest. We got the legendary Michael Pina in the building. How you doing today? I'm I'm great, man. I'm exhausted from this trade deadline. A lot happened, but I'm couldn't be in a better place than talking to you, my man. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. So you got this Philadelphia 76ers team right now. They're 34-19, third in the East behind the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you got the Brooklyn Nets out of the way with Kevin Durant being traded. What do you see as the ceiling for this team? I mean, like they come off that 106-99 loss against the Celtics, but does this feel like a team that can win a championship or win the East to you? Hmm. I, you know, it's only one game. Uh, I wouldn't have a ton of confidence if I was a Sixers fan watching that Celtics performance, though. And again, like, it's only one game, whatever. But losing as, um, I guess, just like not ever really being in control of a game when Jason Tatum finishes with 12 points, Jalen Brown goes out with a facial fracture, doesn't play the second half, Marcus Smart doesn't play, uh, Rob Williams and Al Horford are out, and 
I mean, I'm not going to say like Grant Williams like shut down Joel Embiid because that's not what happened. But the Celtics just, I mean, their team individual help defense on him was just spectacular the whole night without their two best defenders, arguably. And, you know, I thought Harden played really well. I think Harden is just this, you know, he probably should have been an all-star this season. He may still with Jalen potentially not playing, with Kyrie going to the... I don't even know how the all-star rules are going to work, but Harden should be an all-star. He's played really tremendous basketball this season, but he remains this variable going into the playoffs. Um, And Bede's obviously never gotten out of the second round. He's talked a lot about how this is his best, the best team that he's ever played on. And I just... I don't know. I'm watching last night, and Tobias Harris is just once again a total no-show in a relatively big game. He's pump faking corner threes with no one within ten feet of him. I'm just like I, I, I just wouldn't have a lot of confidence in the supplementary pieces, to be honest with you. And coming out of this trade deadline, where the one move they made was a cost cut, like Jalen McDaniels might not be in Doc Rivers' rotation. That's a playoff rotation. That's definitely possible. Um, I expected them to be a little more aggressive trying to get a backup big for Joel Embiid, which is a role they haven't been able to fill basically since Joel Embiid's been on the team. So, you know, anything can happen. Uh, They're very talented. Embiid is an MVP candidate. Absolutely. He's unstoppable in a lot of ways. But I would still put them behind the Celtics, definitely, and... The Bucks too. The Bucks look great. So I have to ask you about that Jaden McDaniels move. You know, a lot of people on Twitter liked it. I mean, you have a 6'9 wing. I mean, this guy's averaging 11.3 points per game. He's at, you know, 37% from three. Um, he seems like a, a, a rotational piece that the Sixers could use. I mean, obviously, Thibault was one of the Sixers' best wing defenders. Um, can Jaden be that for the Sixers? I mean, when you look at last night, a big problem with the Sixers were the, was their perimeter defense, and it continues to be an issue. I mean, we saw games earlier this season where you had Zach Levine putting up 41 points. You had um, C.J. McCollum putting up 41 points. You saw the three-point defense really struggled last night. I mean, a lot of that was, you know— basically strategy in terms of doubling on Tatum and, you know, leaving guys wide open. I mean, you Mm -hmm. saw Blake Griffin, five for eight from three. Do you think Jaden McDaniel can be that piece to, you know, help this perimeter defense? Because you see, it's really, it's tough to to field a a competent defense when you're playing both Maxie and Harden at the same time. So can he, can he be that for us? What, what, what is your opinion on that deal? Like what can he bring to the table for people who, who don't watch Hornets games? (laughs) So everyone listening, basically. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, Jalen's brother, Jaden, is uh, the better McDaniels player who's in the NBA right now. So getting Jalen, who, you know, not a great outside three-point shooter, is not going to be defended, cannot space the floor. To me, it's basically Matisse Thibel. Like, you're kind of just replacing that same type of player um, someone who does not compliment Embiid, someone who will not space the floor, has very little gravity, is not going to create their own shot in a playoff game, is not going to be running pick and rolls as a secondary ball handler, is not going to be a shutdown defender, um, has never played a meaningful game of NBA basketball in his life. Like, I, I just, again, I, I just don't know if the expectation should be, oh, this guy's going to be in the, the playoff rotation. I just don't see it. Um, and he's also on an expiring contract. So, 
I don't know. I, I I wouldn't have my hopes up to be honest. I don't think he's a difference maker. I don't think he's a needle mover. And I guess if you are going to lose Matisse, which they did, and they gave up on him, understandably, I suppose, given his fit issues um, with Embiid, like I would have thought that they would be a little bit more aggressive in getting a veteran piece. Um, but they got Jalen McDaniels and. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, I can't get too excited about it. You know, I, for me, I was telling Bill this, um, and we, we spoke last night. I knew that we were going to trade Thibel. And, you know, as much as I like Thibel, I felt like it was a move that had to be made just because Glenn doesn't play his his young players. And if you're not going to play your young players and develop these guys so that they can be ready for the postseason, then you got to get somebody in there who can fill, fill the rotation. So for me, you know, I was telling Chris, I was telling Bill, one of the pieces that I wanted to see them bring in was Josh Hart. Um, I felt like Josh Hart, he can, you know, provide his, provide some perimeter defense. I mean, his shoot, shooting is down this year. This year, he's only a 30% three-point shooting shooter. But I feel like, you know, playing next to Hart and playing against next to MB, his shooting would improve. Um, he would still bring that defensive, you know, mindset to the table. So, you know, when I saw that he got traded right before the Golden State game, I was a little disappointed. And then a couple hours later, I see that we're trading Thibel to the Blazers. So I was, like, really frustrated with that. I think that's the one move that, you know, it really disappointed me. Hard is awesome. Um, and that's more of the veteran type of piece, someone who's played in – games that matter who's an nba vet who kind of gets it you're right to say that he's not the greatest three-point shooter he's not really a willing three-point shooter um he can knock down open ones from the corner absolutely he knows how to guard up a position down a position will push it in transition um just has a much bigger pedigree in the nba than jalen mcdaniels there's no doubt about that um he's a better player and the knicks got him and they should feel great. If I don't know if you saw Jalen Brunson's reaction, he was pumped to get his college teammate. He knows I mean, how. he was like he was like <laughs> like celebrating like they got Kevin Durant. <laughs> and it's just like I know that's your old college teammate, but come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's his buddy. I get it. Um but no, I think Hart would have been a much better rotational piece to add. Um someone who you can close games with when you go small. I, I already mentioned how I'm not the biggest Tobias Harris fan, and there's going to be situations in the playoffs where you want another option. You want to go somewhere else. You know, P.J. Tucker could you know, sprain his ankle any day um, or in the playoffs just have like a busted heel. He could get some weird injury and be out a couple weeks. Like having Hart in there would be nice um, in the rotation, a player like that. A little too expensive, I think, in trying to make the the money work and the contracts. Um, I think he's making like $13 somewhere around there. So I'm not sure how they would make that work, that type of acquisition. But you're right to say that that's the type of player that they should have been after. Absolutely. So, I mean, you're disappointed with, you know, the Sixers trade deadline pickups. Is there anybody on the buyout market who you could foresee being available um, that, you know, maybe the Sixers should just be looking into. I mean, obviously, they do need a backup big. It's very disappointing that, you know, they're continuing to play Harrow. I'm, I'm not really a big Harrow guy, so um, I don't know if you are, but I still I think the backup big position is a position that, you know, the Sixers need to just be able to figure this thing out because it's been a problem the entire NB era. Um, and mm-hmm. then, of course, 
Doc refuses to play Paul Reed. Um, so uh, <laughs> is there anybody do you think the Sixers should be targeting um, potentially in the buyout market? Who Are, are there some guys that you think are going to become available? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Miami Heat traded Dwayne Dedman to the San Antonio Spurs, and he was just bought out, I believe, or reportedly going to be bought out by the Spurs. I think that's the type of player that Daryl Morey should be looking at. Um, that's someone who's a veteran who was just on a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. He kind of got played off the floor a little bit in the playoffs, but he also had some moments, and... I do think that the Sixers will play P.J. Tucker as a backup five in a lot of matchups in the postseason. That's why they got him. He's important for that type of role. Um, but Deadman would be solid. I think Deadman is better than um, than Montrez Harrell. I'm not a Montrez guy either. Uh, elsewhere, like... I mean, we'll see how everything kind of shakes out with the buyout market. Uh, Russell Westbrook will be out there, I think. Uh, I don't know if that, that's definitely not someone who makes a lot of sense uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, Patrick Beverly could be out there. These are guards that just kind of would not play at all in their rotation. So you can kind of disregard that. But I don't know. Like, I, I just think they do need reinforcements in the front court. Um, Embiid's obviously going to play, you know, probably upwards of 40 minutes in games that matter. But as you've seen, as we've seen throughout this season, even when he goes to the bench, like they just hemorrhage points. Like you just need to tread water with some type of interior presence. Doesn't have to be a bucket getter. Doesn't have to be a three-point shooter. Just someone who can stabilize things so that you aren't just hemorrhaging points in the paint. Um, I think Deadman could be a solution. Yeah, I think that's someone that they could maybe give a flyer on. I could see that. I can definitely see that. Any any wings do you think, you know, would become available? Um or is just like, you know, just a backup big? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um I mean, I don't really I can't really think of any wing. Like anyone who's valuable like is on a team that's good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I And it, it feels like the Brooklyn Nets have basically Oh, they've, for they've every cornered. Single wing. They got the market <laughs> cornered. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be real. I was shocked that the not to divert this conversation. I was shocked that the Nets did not move on from some of those wings, and there were a lot of teams out there that I'm sure would have been um, had them on speed dial trying to get them with draft pick compensation and that sort of thing. But uh, that's just a different conversation for a different day. But yeah, I mean, getting wings off of kind of the scrap heap in a buyout situation is tough because those are valuable players. Those are guys who are contributing and winning situations. The six, the Sixers are a contender and other contenders have those types of players. So, I mean, it kind of goes back to like having Isaiah Joe, you know what I mean? Like Isaiah Joe yeah. is balling on the thunder right now. I think that's the type of player who would be a wonderful fit in Philadelphia and could be one letting him go could be something that they regret ultimately yeah i mean like I, it's very frustrating for me because it just feels like every time i watch an oklahoma city thunder game isaiah joe <laughs> is just making every single three um but i think it, it, it comes down to the fact that you know doc is not playing the younger guys on this team i mean he he has a short rotation he trusts his vets and that's who he's gonna go with so i don't want to overreact to last night's loss i think i've said this time and time before but this Sixers team is going to win with their offense. And 
when you look at what they did offensively last night, 10 for 31 from three, Joe and B, I mean, he had a solid first half, but the second half, he didn't do what I felt like he's capable of doing, especially against a Celtics team that was missing Robert Williams and Al Horford. I just think, I mean, this is the team, if we're scoring points, we're going to be fine, but this is not a team that's just going to go out there and like, cause I, I think we've had such struggles in transition that when we're not scoring, it's just so much easier for the team, other teams to score. I think when you look at what the, the Sixers are doing in transition this year, they're 22nd in transition defense. So if we're not scoring efficiently, then it's just much easier for our team. I'm realistically, what do you say is the floor and the ceiling for the Sixers team? This year, I know you said, you know, the, the Celtics and the Bucks are probably obviously the, the cream of the crop in our conference. But what do you think is the floor um, and what would you say is the ceiling? I mean, the floor is a first round exit. You stumble a little bit. You go up against like the Cavs in round one, someone like that, the Heat in round one. And just like, you know, a physical team that can get explosive um, offense out of their backcourt with with Cleveland. Um, I would expect Philly to win a series like that, but I'm just talking like worst case scenario, you run into a Donovan Mitchell buzzsaw situation where he's just carving up Tyrese Maxey and, um, and James Harden and no one can stop him and you know, Embiid sprains his ink. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like that, that's the worst case scenario, I would say. Um, I, I, I honestly, I can't even. It, per, me personally, I don't see them winning a title as currently constructed. It's, it's, it's possible. Anything's possible in the NBA. I didn't think that Kevin Durant was going to get traded last night at one a.m. or I would have stayed awake. Um, but I just think like the Celtics are just such a terrible matchup for them. They're deeper, um, as we saw in that game. Like, if there's any night to beat the Celtics, when you have Harden and you have Embiid, that was it. And the way they defended without fouling, like, I don't understand why, or I don't see in the playoffs why that would not be something that they could replicate through a seven-game series. And Tatum is just such a matchup nightmare. Jalen Brown is a total matchup nightmare for the Sixers. Uh, especially with Thibel now gone. Um, I mean, they put Thibel in that game to kind of slow Tatum down, and I thought he did a pretty good job. So you lose that presence. Um, and, you know, I think the I would give the edge to the Bucks too, uh, in, a, in a series. Like, they just look tremendous right now, mm -hmm. and they just got Jay Crowder, didn't really give up anyone in their rotation to get him. They can play small. Like, Joe Ingles looks really good. They can mm -hmm. play small with Ingles and Crowder. Giannis at the five. They can just bully you with Lopez and Portis and Giannis and just humongous lineups, and Chris Middleton is starting to come along and look really good, and Drew Holiday's an all-star. So the Bucks are just, they're really good. The Bucks are really good. Yeah, um, You know, I was, like, really concerned about the Bucks for, like, quite some time just because it, it felt like, you know, things were kind of just falling apart. Um, I was hearing some rumors between Giannis and Bud not liking each other. Middleton <laughs> was hurt. But it feels like, you know, the last week, week and a half, they really found something. One thing I will say is that I do think, that is a matchup the Sixers can win. I don't think, you know, they're necessarily favorites, um, but I think that's closer to a pick'em series than people might realize. Now, I agree with you on the Celtics. I, I just don't think the Sixers have anything for the Celtics, but, I mean, you know, the NBA 
postseason is a war of war of attrition. I mean, you're seeing it right now with the Celtics. I mean, they're really banged up. Um, Jalen Brown's going to be out for a foreseeable future. Um, you know, Al Horford, Robert Williams, those guys mm-hmm. have been banged up. So, I think I just want to see the Sixers finish this season strong, and if they can avoid the Celtics side of the bracket, I think they have a real shot at you know going to the NBA Finals. If they can just avoid the side of the bracket with the Celtics, I think that's. If, if there's an opportunity for them to tank at some point down the stretch and avoid you know, that side of the bracket, I'm all for it. Just because I, I think we can, we may not be favorites against the, against the Bucks, but we're favored against any any other team. And I think we have a shot at beating the Bucks. So, um, you have any closing thoughts? It's like it's truly a pleasure to have you on. I think we've pretty much broken down anything, uh, everything. I mean, we've broken down the trade deadline. We broke down buyout candidates, um, the floor, the ceiling on the Sixers. Is there anything that you, um, any thoughts that you you necessarily have on the Sixers, um, the trade deadline stuff, even stuff unrelated to the Sixers? Um, I mean, what's your? I, I'll just ask you a question. Like on a scale of one to ten, are you one being I'm fine and ten being um, super disappointed? Like, how are you feeling about the Sixers trade deadline? And did you expect more? Um, I'm gonna say. You know, one to ten, I'm gonna say a five. Okay. Um, I kind of expected the Sixers to kind of just, you know, try to cut and get under the luxury tax. Um, there was a part of me that already kind of knew that they were gonna trade Thibel. Um, I just kind of wish we did a little bit more. Um, so it's just I'm saying five just because I kind of expected what we did. Um, you know, a lot of people really like Jalen McDaniel, so um, I'm, I'm kind of I, I probably need to see a little bit more of him. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to give them a five and I'm kind of going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I know the athletic actually gave the trade a, um, a minus, <laughs> um, shouts to my guy, Harala Bob on um, Volgaris. Um, he's been one of the premier NBA betters of, you know, to ever do it. He said he liked the trade. So a lot of times when he says, I mean, obviously he worked with the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban, he was kind of responsible for helping to get Luke in there. Um, if he likes a trade, then I, I tend to, I, I tend to believe him, so um, it remains to be seen. But I, I'm just, I don't know. I, I do wish we could have got something more. I, I really do. It's like when you look at the fact that the Celtics, I think they got they traded for Muscala. You look at the fact that the Bucks they traded for Jay Crowder. It felt like those two teams got better, and that's our competition. That's fair. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I even looking at like obviously the Denver Nuggets are in the Western Conference and they're irrelevant, but. Getting Thomas Bryant for like Reed in three seconds, like that type of trade would have been a huge boon in my opinion for the Sixers. Um, yeah, even like Mason Plumley for I mean I guess they gave up a pretty big salary to to make that move with Reggie Jackson, but just a big on the market who's like an above average backup big. I think the Sixers. Kind of missed an opportunity there, but we'll see. Maybe Deadman's awesome. Maybe Deadman's a great fit. Maybe they get him in the door and he's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see us like you know try to get Holmes back. Um, I think you know Chris might have mentioned that the other day. If we got Rashad Sean Holmes back. I mean, that's a great you know, call. Yeah, like it's so it's just I mean it's just disappointing that we didn't do much, but um, I tend to trust Maury. I mean, I think he always has a plan for you know how he wants to do things, but I mean, I think it's kind of a make or break year because you know Harden's a free agent. <laughs> He is. <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting one, and the the Houston Rockets um, 
they didn't fill up any of their cap space. Uh, so it'll be interesting. A lot of the, yeah. uh, the NBA is fun. It's fun. Yeah, definitely a lot of fun. You know, one thing I will say, you know, about Harden last night, I think he played a really good game, and it felt like he brought us back into the game down the stretch. He did. And then, you know, MB falls asleep on a lob, which leads to a layup that puts them up five when they were down three. And then for the rest of the game, they went away from Harden. They went to MB. They went to isolation post-ups. And I think that's the type of stuff that kind of kills us. It's just... Just like no feel for the game in terms of our coaching. Because to me, Harden, the way he was running the offense down the stretch was tremendous. And then he never saw another shot, really. So um, it's going to yeah. be interesting to see what happens. What I will say about that is, um, you know, the Harden Embiid pick and roll is obviously really devastating against most teams. And I just thought it was interesting how the Celtics defended it, where they switched and they weren't, they didn't panic when they like switched a Derek White onto Embiid they just brought help from really interesting angles at really interesting times and executed well and there was a lot of help behind um a couple times they got beat absolutely but um I just thought their like team defense was just like on point without size and so if you do that you're in great shape big shouts to, to Michael Pena tell everybody what you're working on right now at the ringer so they can check out your work uh, well, I just wrote a humongous winners and losers piece for the trade deadline that honestly, my brain is like just scrambled eggs right now. Uh, just been sitting in front of a laptop all day, checking my phone all day, talking to people all day. Crazy, just a crazy day um, in the NBA. Really fun one, but I feel like it was kind of landscape altering with Kevin Durant, obviously, last night going to Phoenix and... I don't know. It's just, I have no idea what's going to happen in the postseason. It's just a really awesome time in the in the NBA right now. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm hoping that we see uh, a Maverick Sun series. I, w- I would love to see that. What do you think about that trade, though? I mean, do you, I mean, for both sides, the Nets and the Suns. I think the Suns, obviously, you know, you get Kevin Durant and you get him under contract for the next three years, three four years. So that's fantastic. Uh, Devin Booker, I feel like he's like the most underrated superstar in the Mm -hmm. league. Um, Both those guys are just mid-range assassins. Chris Paul, I think, also is getting overlooked a little bit this year. He's still got some something in the tank and not he's not going to be asked to score in the fourth quarters of games throughout basically the rest of his career. (laughs) So I think that that is a huge boon to him. I also honestly like what the Nets did. They got so much draft equity in this transaction. They also got, like, to get Mikhail and Cam Johnson, those are awesome wings, like awesome two-way wings that everyone in the league wants. So, yeah, I mean... The Nets obviously are starting a new era, and they will not be competing for championships for the foreseeable future. Uh, We'll see where they trade Ben Simmons, when they trade Ben Simmons. That's something to keep an eye on, I guess, Once, uh, if he's ever a relevant um, player again. We'll see. But yeah, I guess I I like it for both sides, honestly, which is kind of crazy because any team that trades KD should not be feeling good, but they should feel, I guess, okay, relatively speaking. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I mean, I was a little disappointed that the you know the Nets 
they kind of, I feel like they kind of blew it up a little bit early. I mean, I kind of have a minority opinion. I, I think they should have just paid Kyrie and just rolled out the KD Kyrie era, but I can understand being sick of those two. Um, our producer, Cliff, he actually has a, a question. What's up, Cliff? Yo, so Mike, I was actually going to ask you about the Harden thing, right? Because I think the Harden and B thing kind of tie in together. I'm thinking, well, Harden's a free agent, so if the Sixers get bounced either first or second round, you know, fairly earlier than expected, don't make the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, does that link? Does that make Embiid want to bounce too after that? Because what do you get back in return in the free agency market? Like, I'm not again. I don't know what the free agency market looks like. I don't know, you know, who would want to be traded to play with Embiid. I'm sure a lot of players would like to trade with Embiid or would like to be traded to play with Embiid. But I'm not like like what's the future of that? If Harden bounces, does Embiid want to bounce after that, or do the Sixers try to still retool with Embiid there? Yeah, if Harden bounces, I mean, you're looking at a catastrophe, absolutely. Um, and it's, I don't know if it's probable that Embiid will want to leave. He's seems to love Philadelphia, um, team that drafted him, homegrown hero, a lot of pride there. Uh, but I don't know what their path, if they go out in the first or second round um, and Harden bounces, I don't know what their path is to win a championship through the rest of his contract. So if I was him, uh, I would, yeah, I would be disgruntled, <laughs> to put it nicely. I, you know, I think at this stage in his career, that's what he should want. He should really want to win at the highest level. That's really all he has left to accomplish. Um, so, yeah, I would not be surprised if he asked for a trade. Absolutely. Oh man. Got you. Thanks, Mike. That's <laughs> yeah, tough I, to hear. But I wasn't even you, trying to think about the like that far down the road. But I mean, I think when you when you start thinking, looking at Harden's free agency and like this thing could fall apart quicker than I mean than ever. I mean, we just saw the Nets go from the, the second seed in the East to blowing it up in a matter of three weeks. So um this truly is a make or break year for the Sixers. The Nets won 18 of 20. Like <laughs> everything is so like fickle and fleeting in the NBA. It's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, that concludes the Philly special. I mean, I know we got Ben and Shield. They're going to be breaking down the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopefully they pull it off. Um, for you, you guys' sake, you guys know I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you, Mike, for coming on. Shouts to my producer, Cliff. Next week, we'll be back. Chris Ryan will be back from, I think he's overseas right now. So y'all know what it is. Philly special podcast, Raheem Palmer, Michael Pena, Clifford. Y'all know how it's going down.